Welcome to this episode of Hangout with Sujata. And today my guest is Chris, and I'm very eager and excited to know the story of Chris, what's behind his smiling demeanor. I'm sure there's a lot to tell. So with that, thank you for coming to my show. And you want to say something or I'll go straight to your playlist. Well, thank you, Sujata. I'm looking forward to this. Is uh, Since we had the discussion initially on the uh, the pick my brain platform i i was looking forward to this because music is as we'll find out we'll talk but music has been a good part of my life so so great so i go to the first song which is i want you to want me okay let's hear the song okay Well, this song, um, which came out, well, when I heard it, it was the early or late 70s. And this was on an album called Live at Budokan. 
and they were, I believe it was being performed live and it was being broadcast on our radio station. So it was the very first song that I had recorded on an old eight track. I'm going to date myself, but I, I recorded it on eight track tape and back in the late seventies. And uh, that was the first memory of, of what the impact that music had in my life, right. In terms of what I was doing with it and, and how it came to be. But um, this was kind of a big deal for me, right. When it, when it came out, and so it was one of those things that it just kind of struck me as, wow, this is, this is what music from around the world could sound like, right? And could be, so even though they were an American band, um, I, it was just interesting to hear what they were doing across the world, right? That everybody was interested in their music across the world, so. Okay, so the next song is The Rubber Band Man. By the spinners. Thank you. 
Okay, that was a very upbeat foot tapping song. <laughs> that was a song that um, came out in the mid seventies and by a group called the Spinners. And uh, as a young child, uh, I had two brothers, one older, one younger. And this was a song that I remember um, us doing our first kind of um, lip sync to. We, we performed to this song, right, for our dad. And um, that's what I really remember about this song. I mean, like you said, it's very upbeat. It's very, uh, you know, kind of toe tapping, get you moving. But this was, uh, this to me was one of the first songs that we ever quote unquote performed to or or that I had musical interest in to kind of perform. So yeah, that's that's the story of of the rubber band man. Okay. So and you sang it to your father, you're saying? Yeah. So my brothers and I performed it um as a lip sync. Yeah. Was it I think we made a little location? stage and everything. Sorry was, to say that. Was it any special location that you uh, sang? No. Not that I remember now, but I remember um, we had set up a little kind of a little um, kind of a platform, a little stage, if you will, right, that we we would uh, do our performance on. But this this was I don't know if this was the only song, but this is the one that I remember performing. OK. And was your father impressed? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so we we'll go to the next song, which is. Casino Royal.
Okay. So all right. Yeah. So the meaning behind this one, this is uh, this song actually came out with a movie called Casino Royale, the original Casino Royale, ah. which was this was a spoof on uh, at the time the James Bond's the James Bond movies that were out, and so uh, this was kind of a a, a funny whimsical. Um, that hence the song, right? It was this whimsical kind of funny um, out there kind of song. But the performer, Herb Alpert, this was my ex my first exposure to Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. And they became an influence for me. I, I played cornet in, I don't know, fifth, sixth grade. Um, but I played cornet when I was younger and really got into um, playing music at that point. Um, because of songs like this and and others that it really influenced um, my desire and, and, and enjoyment of jazz and and the like. So he, Herb Alpert was typically a jazz person, and um, he did a lot of stuff around that. So, but this, yeah, this was actually associated with the very first Casino Royale, which was it started uh, Peter Niven and uh, oh gosh. Um, I think Woody Allen was in it and, and uh, I'm trying to think of all the different people in there. Peter Sellers, all of these folks were in it. It was kind of one of those big blockbuster type of movies. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Good movie to watch. Yes, I, that's what I was thinking. Casino Royale, there's a movie by, you know, that name. Yeah, so there was two. There was the, the yeah. second one came out more recently in the last five, 10 years yes. with um, Daniel Craig. Yes. And that was, uh, that was the James Bond version. But yeah, the original, I say the original, the one that came out in 19, I think it was 67, was um, this, this farce uh, off of, based off of the um, James Bond kind of um, hero and, and so. So you have been associated with music from an early age, right? Absolutely, yes. And was yeah. it, was it like running in the family or you, you know? Yourself. Well, my, yeah, actually, my mom, um, my mom sang in, in high school and, and um, in like the high school choir and that kind of stuff. She was actually um, on an album. Um, and I can't remember the name of the album that she was on. She was she was actually on the cover of the album. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she was singing throughout uh, high school and then beyond. And um, my dad, um, he was musical. I mean, he had, um, you know, he, I think he played guitar and he could um, do some other things, but it was, again, it was around the house and it was things that we did. My younger brother actually went into radio. Okay. And so he was a radio personality for a number of years. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we didn't want to play name that tune with him. He was way too good, way too good. So the next song is uh, You Dropped a Bomb on Me. I like the titles of your song. Yeah. 
Well, I'm very curious. <laughs> You're curious about this one. This song um, by the Gap Band was the first cassette that I owned. So we went from eight tracks to cassettes. So now I owned my first cassette tape and this was the one that I chose to buy. This would have been, um, I don't know, my, my uh, I was in high school at the time when this came out. So this, uh, this had an influence. There was a lot of, um, disco was still kind of prevalent. Um, the, this, this whole, um, I used to listen to a, uh, a radio station called 102.9 WBMX in Chicago. And it was um, at night, usually on Friday and Saturday nights, and sometimes throughout the week, they would do these, um, these mixes, these mixtapes. And I would record them um, so I could listen to them later. But they were different. Um, it was kind of like going to a, a club, right? I mean, it was that's what it was like back in, in this early 80s. And so this this particular song, um, like I said, it had come out and was kind of popular. It was really popular. And um, again, it was um, Gap Band 4 was the name of the album. And that was the first CD, or not CD, but the first um, cassette that I bought. And so it, I was getting into the, the R&B type of music or the rap and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so that that was the influence there was from from this particular band and this particular group. They got me into, and I, I think I took it off. I had it on, but I took it off. But there was um, Sugar Hell Gang and Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five and those kind of things. Those were all a part of um, my musical collection back in the day. So. But uh, no crush, no romance. Not yet. <laughs> not on this one. <laughs> no. Are you sure? Or you're yeah. not telling me? No, 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 not on this one. No, no, no. There, no. Okay, so it'll come, one. right? You're we're coming out. Yeah, we're we've we've got it. It's coming. <laughs> okay, so with that <laughs> I go to the next song, which is the ocean. That's a plan. Okay.
Okay. You're waiting for this love torn song to come out, right? Um, this this song, "The Ocean" by Led Zeppelin, was the first song that I ever wrote down because back in the day we didn't have Spotify, we didn't have SoundHound, we didn't have things that would give us the lyrics. Yes. And so um, this was a way for me to learn the song. Was I literally would would hit play then hit stop and hit play then hit stop on a cassette or an eight track, right? But this is how I would I would write down the lyrics to the song. And this was the very first song that I remember writing down the lyrics and, and memorizing the lyrics off of the, 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 th the pages that I wrote down. And so um, this is one of those, you gotta be careful, right? Misheard lyrics of, of, of back in the day. So um, this was an easier song for me to, to write down, but this one, um, one of my favorite, this is one of my favorite bands of all time is Led Zeppelin. And so I think that the music that they played and, and the things that they wrote about and the, the things that they were able to do were just incredible. And so I love their music, continue to, to listen to and play their music. Um, and, uh, but this was, for me, this was one of the great influences in, in my music or my love for music um, from a rock and roll standpoint, because they were the ones that kind of brought me into this whole um, world of rock and roll and what it looked like. And, and I grew up, again, I grew up listening to a lot of different things and you're going to see there's, there's more to come, but um, my music uh, really is kind of across the board. And so it didn't just stop with rock and roll or R and B or uh, rap or, or disco or any of those things. It just continued to expand and expand and expand. And so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to see a little bit more here in a bit, but this, this to me was, and, and has always been one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands. And so that's where that came from. I still don't hear your story, but okay. Uh, <laughs> next song, which is, you're looking for the, you're looking for the love story. You'll get there. I promise. No, I'm, I'm not looking only for the love okay. story. I'm looking for your story so far. I'm only listening to songs which you like and which influenced you. But so trying to know the story of yourself, uh -huh. which I'm sure there is a lot, which you're not revealing right now, but okay. Okay. If it's going to nope. come, so, I, I'll be patient. Let me answer that then. Okay. No, Sujata, I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. So, so we start with, um, I, I grew up in a single parent household. And so for me, listening to music was an escape. It was an, it was an opportunity for me to get away and, and, be in my own world and not listen to all the garbage and all the things that were going on around me. So um, I want you to want me, I'm sitting in the living room at a, at a very young age, probably 12, 13 years old, 14 years old, maybe. And I'm listening <clears throat> and waiting to, um, to record this song that was playing on the loop. And the loop was the, the local radio station in Chicago. And so I'm waiting for this song because I want to record it. And it was like 11 o'clock at night, my time. And so um, this was a way for me to, <clears throat> excuse me, this was a way for me to kind of get out and escape <clears throat> all the crap that was going on, all the things that were happening, rubber band man, you know, a way to perform and a way to get out of myself and a way to um, try and figure out my younger self, who I was and what was going on. Um, with Casino Royale, for me, that was, th that also spoke to the movies that I watched and, and listened to and, and um, I, I really enjoyed It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. 
it's um, in movies like Casino Royale and, and kind of this goofy, fun, um, out there type of, um, again, it was a way for me to escape, right? It was um, movies and, and music were kind of my escape for um, from the world that I was living in and things that were going on in my life. Because it wasn't, you know, we all don't grow up in the perfect world and we all don't grow up in this perfect society and, and perfect household and all these other things. And so we find things that help us to deal with or cope with what's going on or what's happening with us. And so this to me, music was always that for me. So I, I was able to find the... I was able to find within music this ability to find myself and to kind of express myself because I wasn't taught to be touchy-feely. I wasn't taught to be emotional or to share things and right and to be open about different things. And so that's where the different music comes into play is you get to see the goofy side, you get to see the serious side. You're going to hear um, <laughs> you're going to hear a very goofy side of me next. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second, but there, these were all things that, that kind of came into my world where I got to escape into. And so that's the picture that you're getting to see is this, this person that got to escape into these music genres that are just all over the map, really. Right. So it's not just this one hardcore, I'm going to stick with this kind of genre and go down this, this path. I was all over the map and I think it was for me, you know, in a way, a time for me to kind of emotionally cling on to songs and find my emotion in those songs. See, that's what I wanted to draw out of you because that's the whole essence. You see, when you go to, uh, go through uh, you know troubled uh, environments in our childhood, you could have also turned out different. You could have also gone the other Absolutely. way. But, yeah. but the fact that you made a choice or you, you know, went through the music and the movie route is to hold on to your sanity is also development of the character. We develop a character when we make choices in very, uh, what should I say, in very adverse kind of situations because it's not sure. ideal. Life is not I about I ideal situations. So, but you have a choice, right? And at that young yes. age, you took to music and all that's why you can see the whole different types of genre and see it tells you something about how you've developed that's what i was trying to draw out thank you very much because that's what i wanted to know anyway the next song is another one rides the bus <laughs> Another one rides the bus. Hey, he's gonna sit by you. Another 
one rise of us. Let me guess, is this song some sort of spoof on the song Another One Bites the Dust by Queen? It absolutely is, yes. Um, so Weird Al Yankovic is, um, he grew up in a very musical family and he uh, obviously played, that's him playing the, the accordion. That was recorded in a bathroom, by the way. Um, that particular, yeah, that particular song was recorded in a bathroom. When I first heard this song, it was on the Dr. Demento show. So every Sunday night growing up, uh, I would listen to The Loop in Chicago. They played the Dr. Demento show, which was uh, Sunday evenings in Chicago. It was from Sunday evenings from like 9 to 11, I think, or I mean, it was pretty late and late for me. But uh, I remember recording them. I would I'd turn on my cassette and I'd have to flip the cassette because it was only 45 minutes on each side. And this was an hour and a half, two hour show. Right. So I tried to get to the final, uh, the, the top three or whatever he did, but this was one of them that stood out to me because, um, I became a huge Weird Al fan and a huge Dr. Mento fan. Again, this was the fun side. This was the goofy side of me that, that wanted to come out. And, I wanted to be a jokester. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to laugh at life and, and situations, right? Because the tragedy that we grew up in, it, was, it wasn't something that you want to um, kind of cling to, right? That you want to kind of dwell in. And as they say, comedy and tragedy are like right next door to each other, right? There's, there's a fine line between the two. And so it's, it's easy for me to see the comedy in um, the tragic situations and not to make fun of them, but to, to see how just overwhelmingly funny it can be just with a, with a slight twist on what's happening or what's going on. And, and I, I do say this quite a bit, you, you just can't make this up, right? You cannot make this stuff up. It just, it's life happening. And it's, it's so, um, it's really kind of twisted sometimes, right? But do we get the chance to laugh at it? And, and that's what I did is I took the chance to laugh at the things that were going on as opposed to um, dwelling on them. And that was probably not the best, right? I mean, I took on this emotional twist that laughed at everything instead of really feeling the emotions of what was going on. But that was, again, it was a way for me to cope with things and a way for me to deal with things was to go off and, and listen to the funny songs or you know listen to the things that just were a little twisted. 
And so that's where Weird Al and Dr. Mento and all that stuff kind of came in was um, and, and became a big part of my life. I, for years, would listen to the Dr. Mento show. And up until recently, I just I, I had a number of uh, the Dr. Demento shows uh, recorded, and I just recently passed them back down to my nephew. And um, so he has them now. So he's got a, a quite the collection of, of Dr. Mento shows. This is very profound, the way you looked at in life, you know, and try to laugh at the, you know, at life when it was dark is quite unique and not everybody is capable of doing that or even thinks about it. So I have to admire you for the way you, you know, went that route and that's quite unique. I mean, that is something not everybody does. So, yeah. And it's, it is, we all learn how to deal with life differently, right? We all learn how to cope with the things that we do. And, and unfortunately, some of us turn to drugs and alcohol and some of us turn to anger and rage. And, yeah. you know, we, yeah. we, we learn different patterns, right? Or we learn to shut down completely. Yes. And so I, I feel like I was kind of lucky in that I learned how to turn things into humor and turn things into, you know, well, this is kind of funny if you really look at it, right? If you kind of get down to the if you get down to the meat of this thing it's really just funny and i i still today i look at some of those things and, and i laugh you know not at just the things that happen in my life but even today right i look at some of the things and i go wow that's just and i laugh and people are like what are you laughing at and i'm like don't you see how funny this is how weird how weirdly oddly funny this is and they don't see it the same way i do which is okay yes, but so. that's what i bring to the table is i you know sometimes i look at things a little bit differently and yeah Remarkable. Okay. With that, I'm going to the next song, which is Symphony Number no. Nine. Okay. So I'll not play the whole thing. I'll play a little bit of it. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say this, this yeah. in its entirety is like an hour long. So yeah, just. just... I think it, but is uh, it may be long, but it would be wonderful when one listens to it. it. I'm sure that is that that one's a little bit different. That one's actually um, that one's Bruckner's um, Symphony Number no. Nine. I the one I I was trying to share with you was um, Schubert's um, the uh, Symphony Number no. Nine. 
the that's okay because the 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 meaning is the same in mm. from at least in my eyes so i got introduced to schubert and um i mean beethoven i mean i'm mozart all those guys but but schubert really was a favorite of mine when i was studying in college when i went off to college this was a way for me to study without and and still have music around me but not hear the lyrics right and not be um, caught up in those as i'm trying to read or as i'm trying to memorize words and that kind of stuff and so it was music that kind of played a part in me getting through college and getting through the things that i was doing in college and trying to survive if you will in that in in that world because i wasn't a great student i wasn't um i was average maybe a little above average but the reality was i i it's not that I hated school. I didn't hate school. I enjoyed school, but I didn't do very well at it. And I didn't know how to study very well. And I didn't know how to, um, I, I wasn't super intelligent. Through time, I've learned how to develop my myself through reading and things like that. But still to this day, when I read and when I, um, if, I'm, if I'm reading for long periods of time and it's more to study than it is to, um, than to basically read a business book or a personal improvement book, I will turn on some um, some sort of classical music, and I'll listen to that while I'm while I am, um, if you will, studying, right, and looking at things like that, or or if I'm doing spreadsheets and you know something that's for me work wise that it doesn't take um, it takes my attention, but it doesn't take my full attention, so I can still listen to music. I don't want to listen to something with words. I'll listen to something like jazz or or classical, and um, those are the things that have they've they become a part of my life where i get the opportunity to still enjoy the music while i'm doing things that are quite quite frankly mundane or or just tedious right they're just things that they they're things that need to be done let's just go ahead and do them and um that way i can focus on the work that i need to do but i can still listen to music and still hear things so you know, my perspective on uh, the education system is that it needs to be changed because uh, grades and, you know, scoring of uh, high grades is not a definition of being intelligent or even of character of a person. Unfortunately, right. in society, we, play, we have a lot of emphasis on that, but that doesn't actually tell you. You can be so well-read and not have any kind of grades or you may not be... Right you know, termed academically brilliant. It's got nothing right. to do with this thing. Okay. Yeah, and there's no way, they don't know how to measure common sense yet. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> common sense is not common. As somebody once told me when I was traveling in UK and this lady said, common sense is not common sense. Then it's stuck in my brain, you know. That's it's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so with that, I go to the next song, which is uh, Duke by Stevie Wonder. Start to move. They can feel it all over. The 
So, so this one is from when I was in college. It was made long before that, but I really started listening to this type of music in when I was in college. I, I remember my first apartment, and I think my brother may have been living with me at the time. He and I both went to college at the same uh, the same university, and so we, I think we were living together at the time during this. But this is when. Um, for me, I remember this is kind of my first apartment, my first kind of place on my own. I was living in the dorms prior to that. And so it was a little bit different, right? There was always people around and that kind of stuff. But in my apartment, there really wasn't, it wasn't uh, people all around all the time, right? And I could put, easily put myself into that. But um, this was, again, this was the musical escape. This was when I was um, kind of home alone, doing my thing every day uh, at a certain time. I think every day at noon, there was a, um, a radio station that played um, the 50s and, and 60s type of music. And um, typically it was R&B. But this was, this was that pivotal, 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 pivotal time in my life when I was in the midst of college and trying to figure out what life was, right? What I was going to do. And, and I think I had changed majors at this point. I changed from um, architecture. I went to school for architecture and then went into speech communications and learned 
I effectively say I learned how to talk. So I, um, I, it was during this time that all of these things were going on, right? So again, a lot of change, a lot of things going on and still music is here and, and playing a part in my life. And in the role here was, again, it was an escape, right? It was a way to kind of get engrossed into the music of the fifties and sixties and, and the sound that was coming out of Motown at the time um, in the fifties and sixties and all of that and what that did to shape um, music and where it would go from there. Right. And so I was listening to it 30 years later, 20, 30 years later, and it was still having a great impact on who I was and who I was becoming as a person. So. Yeah. Some songs uh, stay with you for life, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. This one, this one is definitely one of them. I mean, this, I, I listened to music aquarium quite a bit and that's the album by, by Stevie wonder. And I, I want to say it came out in the set in the seventies um, that when he put that collection together. So, yeah. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. So with that, I go to the next song, which is Blackbird, the Beatles. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to arise. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these sunken eyes and learn to see all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to be free. Blackbird fly. Blackbird fly. Into the light of a dark black Notice almost all your music choices, you know, harken back to the yesteryear. So have you taken to any music uh, from the current generation or is it to come? Um, some of it is to come. Yes, there's there's songs that we're going to see here in a little bit that are, are more 
um, up to date, if you will. There's a lot of songs that I think about um, here recently that I really do enjoy. And, and uh, there's a lot of songs, obviously, I didn't include. I mean, I could have had 200 songs on this list, right? But um, when I start thinking about, you know, I, I got into country music and started listening to Rascal Flatts and Toby Keith and and Kenny Chesney, right? And and I started listening to one of the first concerts I ever went to was Alabama in, in college. And so I, I've got to see and hear a lot of different things. And, and as I roll that forward, right, I, I continue into um, the Bare Naked Ladies and the stuff that they've done. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that um, I don't know as, as much of the current genre. I mean, I know Lizzo and I know, you know, I mean, the popular songs, I know some of those stuff, but I don't listen to reg, uh, regular radio. And typically I'm listening to either um, books or um, I'm listening to maybe a playlist that I've created. And so there's different playlists that I have. And this is one that I just, I, I termed uh, Chris's life in songs, but I have uh, 80s music. I have um, music from uh, now that I call hot music. And, and what that is, is it's a list of more current songs but there's also sprinkled in some of the old songs that that maybe i've just now discovered or or haven't heard in a long time and i want to put them into this list and that list is um is kind of my my go-to list when i i want to kind of um get into a a certain headspace right or into a certain mood or that kind of stuff i've got a, a song list called change the mood and it's just upbeat. It's, um, you know, simple things like Menomina from, from Sesame Street, right? I mean, that kind of stuff. But, um, but there's, yeah, I, I have um, the influence of, of my music came from probably the 60s, 70s and 80s. And when I was growing up, right? But then you move fast forward into the 90s, the 2000s, in, in 2010 even, right? When you, you get into the music of those um, time periods and they're there and I have them, but a lot of the influence that I've had has been from this, like you said, from yesteryear, the 50s, 60s, 70s, right? And 80s. And it really came from that time period. And, and even still, we're gonna see, um, there's a couple of songs. So this song, Blackbird um, from the 60s was, um, the reason I, I, I love this song and it kind of gets into my head is, number one, I love the pure, tone of Paul McCartney right and then he added in um the harmonies and so I sang in an acapella group in college and this song kind of stood out to me as something I could harmonize with and I could work with and but uh, I, I learned recently unfortunately I, I say I learned recently this was a civil rights song that was written and this this was a way to kind of say, hey, this is your time to, to flourish. This is your time to stand up and, and you know, step forward. Um, you are always waiting for this moment to arise, right? This is your chance to, to shine. And so um, it took on a different meaning for me when I, when I learned about that. But the, the meaning for this song for me personally was, I love the simplicity of it. I, it. It's not a very long song. It's just over two minutes. And but the, the, the message was clear, right? This is, you were always waiting for this moment to arise. This is your chance to get up, to fly, to take off, right? 
And that's what it was for me. It was this chance to kind of flourish. And I found in me the song, you know, the ability to sing in an acapella group in college. And we had a good time with it. We didn't do anything, you know, over the top or anything, but we had fun with it. And this was one of the things I got to learn. So was to match harmonies with somebody like Paul McCartney and, and to sing along with him, right? And then find the different notes that would work. Actually, personally, I feel that uh, music of yesteryears are timeless classics. I don't always resonate with today's generation songs. In fact, you know, I, in my own personal this thing, I listened to the songs of yesteryears because they made sense then and they made sense now. If you talk of emotions, moods, and you talk of life, they were true then, the songs, some of them whom you resonate with, and even today they hold their ground. Sure. Uh, some of the new generation music, I'm sorry to say maybe I'm too old, but doesn't make sense, you know? <laughs> Might like the music, but you may not resonate with the lyrics, and uh, sometimes the lyrics don't make sense at all. So uh, sure. that's what I feel. Anyway, uh, we'll go to the next song, which is Mary. Well, I'm singing Mary. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Tell Martha not to mourn. Martha, don't you mourn. Well, 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 Mary. Martha, don't you weep. Tell Martha not to mourn. Martha, don't you mourn. Because there was all Somebody 
so tell her to marry. Oh, Mary, oh yeah. She don't have to cry oh, no Mary, more. You gotta tell her you serve a mighty God. Oh, Mary, you don't have to worry about your problems. Oh, don't you? Don't oh, no. I'm not worried about oh, tomorrow. Mary, He'll bring joy for your sorrow. Don't you cry no Wow, unusual song. So that song takes me back to college when I was in this acapella group, like we were talking about. And this was one of the songs that we worked on. And this was one of the songs that we did. And, and we played with a lot of different songs, but I, I got to learn about how to work with people and, and how to come together and, and make these really, really good harmonies. And that to me, again, was an opportunity for me to kind of explore a different side of me. I'd, I'd never really sung before. I mean, I'd sung, but not in, in any public fashion, right? And so when I went to college, uh, got the opportunity to sing in this acapella group and we sang at different events. We, we did sing at different, um, like different church events and that kind of stuff. But then after that, I started singing at weddings and, you know, things like that. So it was, again, it was a very different um, time in my life when I was starting to learn a different aspect of me, right? This, this nerdy side of me, right? I always kind of knew it was there, but I had played sports growing up. And so sports was always kind of my thing. But then I moved into this um, acapella phase of my life, right? Where I, I learned how to harmonize and work with other people and, and uh, really kind of make the, a group work you know, like that. So six, eight people, you know, we had to work together to really make this thing um, sound good. And uh, it was interesting. It was really, really good time in my life. Really fun. We had a lot of, a lot of good times with that. What kind of sports did you play? I grew up playing football, basketball, track, uh, baseball. I, I played college football. And um, so when I went to the University of Illinois, I, I got to play college football on the big stage. And so I was on television, played in the Peach Bowl, you know, that kind of stuff. Peach Bowl was the, um, at the time was um, not this, um, it wasn't like it is today. Today is one of the top five uh, bowls that you go to and that kind of stuff. It's one of the premier bowls. But back when I played in it in, in the mid eighties, um, it was a good bowl, but it wasn't like one of the top, you know, like the grand, it wasn't the orange bowl or the rose bowl or the, you know, citrus bowl, things like that. Which position? I played tight end um, on the offense. And then I, I did play a little defense, but it switched up a little bit. And yeah. any favorites uh, in those games that you would, that you like, follow, admire? Oh, in terms of teams or you, you mean athletes? or oh, no, you Teams and players, whatever. You know, 
I, I get kind of um, in trouble for saying this sometimes, but I don't follow, I really don't follow a lot of um, professional sports. I do follow college. I, I follow the University of Illinois. Um, but I, the, for, for the most part, I don't, I don't watch sports like I used to. I don't, I don't have time to do that, quite frankly. And I've decided to make time for certain things in my life. Back, you know, 20 years ago, yeah, I was still watching them and, and I would enjoy them. But I, there are certain things I have time that I want to spend on doing in my life. And, and I don't get a lot of time to spend on sports because I choose not to. So I've kind of moved through that. See, I told you, you are an unusual person. I have to draw you out. <laughs> okay, I like that. I don't know why you should get into trouble. Everybody doesn't have to follow. And I'm happy to see that you like the sport, but doesn't necessarily mean that you have to follow the, you know, the players. Right. Well, and I think the way I quote unquote get in trouble, and I say that with air quotes, right? I, I get in trouble because I think there are people that they didn't get the opportunity that I had, right? I got the opportunity to go and play a collegiate sport and I enjoyed it and had a good time and, and all of that, but I don't live through that anymore. That's not me. And it was me for a time and it was part of who I am and it still is a part of who I am. It's a story I got to tell my kids, my grandkids and right, all of that stuff, but it's not who I am. It doesn't define me. It's uh, one of the uh, a book that I read a while back was um, your past doesn't define you how you tell it does. And I thought, what a great title for a book. And she, she did a great job with it, um, with telling the story and, and really how we define our lives now, you know, and it's like the music, right? The music doesn't necessarily define who I am. I've, I've got all kinds of things that I listen to. I listen to all, all genres really of music, but that doesn't define who I am, right? It doesn't tell you that, oh, this guy just listens to rock and roll or this guy lis just listens to this or this or this it's, there's a smattering, right? There's all kinds of music that I listen to and I'm okay with listening to, but that doesn't even define who I am, right? Just because I listen to all these things, right? Just because these are books that I read, right? It's, it's interesting. Yes. Great. So with that, I go to the next song, which is some fantastic. <laughs> on my list Pay up front and make a wish One day I will work with animals All the tests I'm gonna do All my stuff's completely natural And then we're done, we'll boil them down for glue So I built a new machine 
It just measures up the distance and then eliminates the folks between. One day I'll construct the satellite and I'll name it after you. Cause you are the greatest friend of all, except for when you split my lip in two. I like the song. I like the words. <laughs> yeah, the words. So here's the thing. The reason that I, I really like this song was um, it reminded me of somebody that um, for me, this is a love song. This is I'll, I'll do anything, right? I'll do anything for you. I'll, I'll, I, I'll stand in line. I'll, I'll move these things. I've done all these things, right? I'll, I've done all these things for you to show you the way that I love you. But what's interesting is it also shows the disappointment, right? And in, in, in his life that, the, at least in, in my eyes, it shows the disappointment of how we can do everything we want, right? But um, it, there are things that, that sometimes they're just going to disappoint you, doesn't matter what you do, right? Um, but, you know, he longs to be with, with this person, right? There's, anyway. So the, the thing for me on, on this song was, um, I like the lyrics. Uh, I'm not 
a fan of you know all the different things they talk about in this in the lyrics but the the message to me the theme of the of the lyrics is i'll do whatever it takes right i'll i'll fight for i'll i'll create these inventions i'll i'll do all these different things right i'll i'll do whatever it takes to repair this um and uh, make sure that we can get through whatever it is that we're getting through so uh it's this particular again this song i like the the lyrics i like the beat i like the way that it that it goes this is a song from the late 90s almost 2000 um by the bare naked ladies and this was one of the first songs that really kind of got me into them and who they're you know who they were and the music that they did and again this is you talk about more of the the current um so the late 90s early 2000s that's when when these guys really hit the hit the scene and and of course they did the the uh the theme song for bare naked or the uh, for the big bang theory uh on television and so uh, great bands they did a, a wonderful job and and really taught me a lot about um kind of stepping up into the new age if you will the new genre of music and and what that looks like so till now i can only see that and correct me if I'm wrong, you seem to be a loner and your companion seems to be music. Is there any, <laughs> is there any human form of the opposite sex? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, not come, and there's already, we are on to the uh, second last song. After that, there's only one song. So no, and well, <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, there's all kinds of music that, has defined and and we all know this i mean there's always music that surrounds love and and um i think for a long time i i i used music to try and find that right and in relationships even um growing up thinking i knew what love was but you you realize over time that as you learn more sometimes you go wait a minute i had no clue what i was doing or what i was thinking or what this quote unquote love thing is and so that's what I've learned is through, through time, I've really come around to understand what love is. Um, and again, it's my perspective, right? So yes, yeah, some of it is through song, but I've learned not to define it through song. And I tried that for years, right? I tried to define it through, through music for years and it kept falling short, right? Because the, the musical love becomes this this ethereal thing right this thing that we can't reach and it becomes so far it's like the movies right it's so far out there and it's it's this picture perfect thing when it's not it's a mess it's love is a whole lot different and i've i've learned that that love is um this messy thing that we get to continue to work on day in and day out and it's uh, unconditional and it it allows for mistakes it allows for screw-ups because we're not perfect right it allows for us to kind of come together and say this is the best that i am and and i'll continue to do the things that i can do but it doesn't stop there it it just continues to work and it continues to develop and it continues to grow so <clears throat> i don't have a particular song on this list that is oh this is it this is this is love but um or a love relationship this this is probably the closest one to it this this song about um some fantastic and the next one that you're going to play is is 
a different kind of love. And, and we'll talk about that in a second and where it came from and what it, um, why it's on the list. But yeah, to, to, for you, for you to say that, that's interesting. I, I never really thought about that, but, um, no, I've been married and, and I have children. And, and so, yeah, it's. Yeah, because I, you mentioned children, grandchildren, but I'm not hearing anything. So I had to. <laughs> yes, I've been married. I've been married twice and I have, I have uh, two children and a grandchild. So yeah, I'm. I'm wow. Grandchild. You, I, I have a grandchild. I, yes. I don't know what your age is, but you don't look old enough to be a grandfather. You better than tell me Thank the you. secret later on. Okay. Thank you. I'm <laughs> how you look so young i need to know that okay one-on-one -on -one later on well, that sounds good we can have that conversation later yeah okay so with that i go to the next song which is the show i'm just a little bit caught in the middle life is amazing love is a riddle i don't know where to go can't do it alone i've tried My heart is going to pop Cause it's too much Yeah, it's a lot I don't know why I'm just a little girl 
Let's hear it. <laughs> so this song, I discovered this song when watching the, um, the movie Moneyball. And the song was introduced as um, Billy being the main character and his, he was divorced and he has a young child and his, his daughter was old enough to play guitar and she was learning how to play guitar. And this was the song, the song that she recorded and played for him and put it on a CD and, and he played it as he was driving down the road. And this brought me to tears because I thought about my daughter and she wanted to learn how to play music and she sings and she does all that stuff. And it just, it, it brought me back to that point with my daughter with, um, you know, I'm just caught in the middle, right? There's a divorce going on and, and I'm just caught in the middle and there's nothing she can do, right? And, and so for me, it's, to me, this is, um, th whenever I hear this song, it just reminds me of my daughter. And it reminds me of the, um, the young person that she was at the time, right? And the things that she was going through or must've been feeling. But as a father, right, we don't want that pain for our children. We don't want them to suffer and we don't want them to hurt. But they're, sometimes they're caught up in the consequence of our decisions. And so that's, that's where this song comes from. So this is, this for me is, um, it's a song about um, the relationship between a father and a daughter. It may not be what she meant. You know, Linka may have uh, had some uh, other that's, idea. Yeah, that could, that's not the thing. We relate to the songs right. based on what we are going through. And a yeah. song can have different meanings for different people. So exactly. The same. That's yeah. the beauty of the song. Uh, yeah, did, your daughter exactly. get to, did your daughter get to play music and to follow that route or not? So she's a, um, she's actually a teacher. And so she gets to um, teach younger kids now, but she, um, she always sings and, and she okay. was, um, she played some instruments for a while and she tried to play guitar for a little bit. And I think she put that aside for a while, but she's, she's the reason I'm a grandfather today. So I can't say anything. She's, her and her husband, uh, you know, have this wonderful child and he's a little over a year old and he's amazing. So I still can't get over it. You as a grandfather. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm 55. I'm I, just so you know, I'm 55. Well, you don't look 55. Well, thank you. And you'll better tell me separately. Okay. Now that we're connected on WhatsApp as to the, I'll give you all the yeah. secrets. Yes. I'll give you all the tips and tricks. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so with that, we come to the final song, which is Gotta Get Up. Never thought it would end then. We never thought it would end. We used to carry on and drink and do the rock and roll. We never thought we'd get older. We never thought it'd grow cold. But 
So that was a song that was written by Harry Nielsen back in the 70s, early 70s. And it became popularized again by this Netflix series called The Russian Doll. And uh, that's where I discovered it. I, I didn't know it. Now, Harry Nielsen is known for uh, a bunch of other top 10 hits that he either wrote or he sang. And... Um, the thing for me about this song was that the, the theme, the idea behind Russian Doll is it's kind of like a um, Groundhog Day, um, but it's a TV series, right? And it's the opportunity that we get uh, that, that this character is going through. And there's two of them. They actually have the chance to figure out what's going on, what's wrong with their lives and, and what they need to correct because they get caught in this loop, if you will. And so you talked earlier about what's, you know, where's the love string and, and where's all this coming from and, and is there love and where does it come from? I believe that we all get an opportunity to learn in life and we may get one chance to learn. We may get hundreds of chances to learn. Depends on if we learn it or not. Right. And sometimes we get the opportunity over and over to see, and it's not, it's not harmful these events that keep coming up, but sometimes they are, right? They're harmful in the sense that we're not learning the lesson and we're getting hurt by these lessons that we're not learning. And so for me, got to get up is an opportunity to, okay, it's a, it's a new day. It's a chance for me to, to try this again. It's a chance for me to learn. It's a chance for me to grow. It's a chance for me to be different. And so you talk about love and it's, it's anything in our life is like this, but we all get the opportunity every day to start a new day and to try over again. Right. And it's not that we have to start anew. We get to start from what we learned and, and Russian doll and, and groundhog day are, are in my mind are ways that show us we get the opportunity every single day. Now, everybody else is living in, in, in the movie or in the TV show, they're all living in the same paradigm, the same timeline. Right. So they're, they're living the same day over and over again. But he gets to see, or she gets to see the opportunities of where they made a mistake maybe that day, right? Hey, what if I do it this way this time? What if I say it this way this time? What if I, right? And so theirs was a little bit more um, in their face, right? More, more. hey, you've got to do this right this time and, and figure it out. And just like in the movie Groundhog Day, once they figured it out, they could move to a different timeline, right? They could move through that time to a, to a different time. And we all every single day have that opportunity, right? We, we don't maybe not get to live the same day over and over again, but we say, hey, what did I do yesterday that didn't work? Okay, let me change that today, right? And let me learn from that. And, and if we did something right yesterday, great. Let me, let me expand upon that. Let me do it differently, right? And, and 
um, see if I can make it even better than it was the day before. So with me at, at 55 years young, I continue to learn. I continue to see things that come my way and I continue to get the opportunity to, I get to have a love relationship um, with somebody that's very special right now. And, and it's very different than I've ever had. And so I just continue to learn, I continue to grow and I continue to expand upon that, right? And with my kids, I get the opportunity to love them and see them and, and be a different person than I was 10, 20 years ago, right? I get to be a different person for my friends or my family or for those around me, the, the people that I get to meet, right? I get to see a different opportunity every single day. And it doesn't always go well. I don't always do the right thing. I, you know, I, get to, I still get the opportunity to learn. And that's really what music has taught me throughout all of this stuff is we all get opportunities. We all get to see things and, and learn and grow from them. And we've got our favorites, just like in music, we've got our favorites that we wanna hold on to, right? I did this right way back when, and, and I, it's okay to expand upon it and make it a little bit better, right? It's, um, um, so John, I think you, you may or may not know this. I wrote a book and, and it's, it's interesting that today's entry is called Building a Foundation. And it says you can't build a great building on a weak foundation. You must have a solid foundation if you're going to have a strong superstructure. And that's what our life is. Our life is this superstructure, right? Our, our life is this opportunity to grow and to change and to be different. And I, it used to bother me. I used to know people that would say, oh, I'm done growing. I can't change anymore. I'm, I'm 50, 60, 70 years old. There's screw it. I'm not going to change anymore, right? And then they take this, this approach that just says, hey, I'm kind of stuck in my ways. I hope I never stay the same. I hope that I'm always changing, always evolving, always, always getting to be a better person. And yeah, we're going to take steps back, but we always get the opportunity to grow. And so that for me, that's really what this last song talks about is it kind of sums everything up and brings it all back together. It says, Hey, got to get up, got to get going. You know, the, the, the morning's come, here we go. So I loved uh, your last finalist uh, share because that's exactly, I mean, you may be also aware that I wrote a book which was mm -hmm. autobiography and it's called Against All Odds, No Retakes, right. No Manuals, Real Life Lessons. And the lesson that I learned was that you always have a choice. What I liked about your life share was it resonated with me was that every time you might be thrown into uh, different challenges, some may be similar unless you learn the lesson, as you said, if you don't learn the lesson, it keeps coming back. But the moment you learn the lesson, then fine, then you know, you might have other challenges. The thing is that you make your choices and you keep growing. If you decide, uh, you know, to have those self-limiting belief that this is it and you can't get past it in, at any stage of your life, then you're existing and not living. Right. Because living is about constant evolution of a character. That's what right. I feel. And I think that's what you're also saying. So I really like that because I liked how you looked at life. And uh, that's why you will never be in that bracket because you have a very optimistic uh, mindset. You know, people keep talking of mindset matters. So I think your mindset is has been since childhood, I want a of optimism, having a sense of humor, and you know, of uh, not being uh, scared or afraid to be alone. That's what I yeah. 
I hear and see from your story that you were happy for most part of your life to have a constant companion in music, because that I think let you grow, let you explore and held on to your sanity when things did not go uh, the way you wanted, because life is not a, always about, no matter how much we plan, it is not always about how we, you know, grow. It's not an Excel sheet, right? Or a right. PDF file, which will be exactly like what we put in. So, right. so you know, uh, for that. And so I'm really honored and privileged that I had this conversation with you. And thank you so much for your time. And uh, just be who you are. Absolutely. Thank you, Sujata. I love this. And, and I, I love I love your program. I love what you're doing and, and bringing this all together through music and, and words. So thank you. Thank you.